Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your hosts, Dr. Doug Carriger and Mrs. Stephanie Wesco. Great to be back with you, folks. I hope you're doing well. Thanks for taking the opportunity to turn on your radios or however you get this broadcast. We're just thrilled to have this opportunity to come come into your rooms, and we're pretty honored today to have uh, guests with us today. We have Brother Zach back with us, Zach Knight, and uh, as you know, Zach Knight is a missionary Wounded Spirits uh, Ministries. Last time we had him, we had him for a week, I think about three months ago, maybe even a little bit longer. I'm not sure. Uh, but we're glad to have him back with us. Stephanie's a little bit under the weather, and we're giving her a little bit of a chance to get better. And how's things going, Zach? Uh, it's going pretty good. Um, trying to get these migraines under control, but other than that, yeah, uh, things are moving on with the the ministry and everything. So Zach continues to fight migraines. So if you get an opportunity and you think about him, make sure that uh, you lift a prayer up for Zach and you can follow him out there on Facebook at Zach Knight, K-N-I-G-H-T. And uh, anyway, so we've been moving along. Just some background on Zach. You remember uh, Zach was deployed a few times over there in Afghanistan and uh, uh, was medically discharged from the Army because of some of the health issues and ongoing things with him. And he and his wife, Katie, have surrendered to the ministry about a year ago. Uh, they came on with us. Zach's a student at, uh, in, in the seminary as well as, you know, working around as much as he can there at the church. He's on deputation. And so perhaps if you're a pastor listening or a part of that family, you could have uh, send an invitation out to Zach. He's actually living in Indiana close to the retreat right there. And Zach has a, a wonderful family, has a few children, a couple boys and a, a girl and uh, his dear wife, Katie. And so, Zach, did I miss anything in updating you there? No, no, he hit it yeah, pretty good. I think I got everything. And uh, so Zach was born, kind of raised in uh, West Virginia, then spent graduated from high school in Connecticut, uh, and then back to West Virginia, met his wife, got married, joined the Army, you know, the regular American troop there, the regular story that so many of us had in life. So we've been, so Brother Zach, we've been doing a word uh, every day we do a podcast, as you know, you listen to the podcast and uh, I want to change it up a little bit this week and talk about who has PTSD. I've realized as we've traveled and Stephanie and I have been talking about this is as we travel and we get out and we hear from people who listen to the podcast, they, they all say the same thing as, you know, who do you know that's suffering from PTSD? So I'm going to give you a rundown. Then I'm going to give you, let me start by saying this. So when we go to a camp, about a third of all the people we see are military. That's, that's a pretty safe bet right there uh, that suffer from PTSD. And then about a third are people who've been molested and abused uh, 
And, and then the other third, you might have first responders, people have seen accidents, physical abuse, you name it. Anything that can cause PTSD brings folks into us. And we're really glad to uh, have that mantle to reach out and work with these people and things of that nature. But what I want to share with you today, I think the largest group of people, even though we don't necessarily see this group as our largest group, we sure do see a lot of them. So every day we're going to mention another group of people uh, through the categories. And the largest group of people that get PTSD are abused children. So if someone's been abused as a child, so if you're listening to me now and you were abused as a child and you suffer from PTSD, you and 50% of everybody else who was abused as a child, and we're so sorry you've went through that abuse. And and uh, we just pray that God would heal you uh, and that the Lord would continue to do a work in you. And I want to encourage you for everything you've been through, God can use you many times over to help others who've been through that. And Zach, thinking about that, just in your short time with wounded spirits, certainly you've met some people that were abused as children. Yeah, I have. And I was working with one of my army buddies that was abused as a child. And yeah. He said, he said, one of the best things I told him was that that sin wasn't his. Yeah. Um, the way he was abused as a, I think he said five-year-old or six. Exactly. He was, he was carrying it like it was his fault, but I, I told him it's, it's not his sin that, that he has to bear. It's, yeah. It was the, the person who committed the, the crime towards him and all that. No, excellent. And, 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 you know, we tell people that all the time and, and, uh, and Zach, that's probably the best thing you could have told them. And, you know, far too often the devil gets in our heads about being abused as children, being abused as any abuse type of victim, really anybody with PTSD. I mean, let's just throw that out there. If you have PTSD, you have a target on you that the devil's shooting at. That's just the reality of it. And that's why we do camps. That's why we have this podcast. That's why we do everything we do is we want to say, hey, wait a minute. You know, this isn't your fault. Uh, and, and we, and I love what you told them is, uh, you know, that's not your sin. You know, once in a while, somebody will get PTSD from their own sin. They might, you know, have drank too much and uh, gotten a car crash or some other God awful type of thing. But most of the people we see Zach, and I think you can attest to this is, is people who have PTSD from someone else's sin. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Yeah. And so I, I think folks, um, just remember exactly what Zach just said. So, so true. So real. This isn't your sin. You know, this is something that someone else did. Don't let it get in your head. As we started talking about, you know, the devil wants to get in our heads, you know, with guilt and survivor's guilt and, and all those terrible things. But, uh, but God says, you know, all we need to do is repent, come to him, trust in him, believe in him. And, uh, and God will take that guilt away. And so uh, often I tell people that I think the, the, probably the greatest weapon in the arsenal, uh, in my opinion, uh, against guilt um, or against a Christian is guilt. I believe that the devil has a, a very strong plan to remind us of something that happened 20 years earlier or something that was in the background or, or, and so on. I mean, we could continue to go on that, but, but I want you to know something. I want you to know that that's not who our God is. Our God's bigger than that. And, uh, and our God takes anything from us. Even if we have real guilt, uh, the Lord reminds us of something that was our fault. 
we may have guilt of something that's not our fault, and that's called condemnation. So there's two kinds of guilt. So there's conviction and there's condemnation. But the Bible tells us in Acts 3.19, Repent ye therefore and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, and the times of this refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. So, so God's telling us to repent. Now, that's not a work we do, folks. That's uh, going to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and saying, uh, Lord, I've... I have sin in my life. I have these things. If something's our fault, uh, he takes that from us. The Bible says he takes our sin is as far as the east is from the west. And and sometimes we we just got to go to the God, uh, go to God when we have depression and things that were caused by someone else's sin, and say and say, God, I need your help with this, and 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 just forgive those things in my life and take these things from me. And you know he will. And, uh, you know, godly sorrow leads a person to repentance, we're told over in 2 Corinthians 7.10. And uh, we call that conviction. And, folks, can I tell you something? When God convicts us, that's the best kind of guilt you can ever have. When God prompts the Holy Spirit of God, when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, uh, then we have the Holy Spirit of God indwelling within our heart. And then rest easy, friends, because once the Holy Spirit of God is indwelling or resting in your heart, uh, nothing that's unclean can ever go near you or touch you or be around you. So the great news is that conviction is a good thing. It's that same thing that says things like we need to treat our wives or our, our husbands or our kids or uh, we need to go to church. We need to treat them better. We need to go to church. We, uh, we should go to college, Bible college. We should, you know, all those things that God plants in us always has, uh, it always looks forward. It always makes God's glory and honor shine greater. It always puts us in a position where we're better as human beings. So we know what conviction looks like. Unfortunately, we also deal with condemnation when we deal with guilt. And condemnation, uh, brethren, is what comes to us from the devil. And so when you, you know, when we've been abused, when we've dealt with PTSD, when that old condemnation shows up, you know, uh, it's accusations from the devil over and over again, that other kind of guilt over and over again. It's telling us that, you know, this happened because of something we did. This happened because of something we didn't do. Uh, this happened because we're not great people. And, and folks, let me tell you right now, the devil's a liar. The devil will lie to you. He'll misuse facts. He'll throw facts at you, but the God in heaven will indwell within your heart. And when the devil shows up to throw those accusations at you, you just got to say, Lord, it's Doug. Lord, it's me. And uh, the devil's here again. And in Jesus' name, Jesus' name, help me. And you know what he'll do? He'll help you. And I mean, I know you've experienced that, Zach, right? Where the devil shows up and makes you feel bad and guilty and all that. Yeah. I, and that, that's a good point. Condemnation is from the devil. He's looking for that little chink in the armor or gap that he can poke and, and bring back all those things. But that's of the devil. Yeah. Yeah. It, and, and folks, exactly right. You know, if there's a crack in the armor, if there's something, when, when we have a bad day, when we're overwhelmed, when we're tired, when our emotions are high, and you wrap all those things in a pan and you steer them together, uh, boy, the devil's coming after you. But that's why it's so important that we commune with God every day. When we read the Bible, we pray. We, when we go to bed, we, we pray for God to protect us, and he will. 
And it, it's just so often that uh, the devil will try to throw things at us to hurt us, to turn us upside down. He still does it to me. He still doesn't get it. And uh, he's not going to get it with any of us. And if not by the grace of God, uh, you know, he could just come at us all day long. So we need to go to the Lord and give it to him, and God will take that. Hey, folks, we're just going to take a, a minute or so here to let the radio stations identify themselves, and we'll be right back with you. So hold on. Hey, thanks for holding on with us. It's great to be back with you. And uh, we're moving along, Brother Zach. We're in the book of Proverbs. We're in Proverbs 22. And we're finishing it up, praise God. And I'm pretty excited about that. I think I even got a button I pushed that plays a special noise. There we go. All right. We had somebody applaud. That's the wrong button. Usually I do a more of a heavenly sound there. Sometimes I forget my button here on the podcast machine. But the Bible tells us over in, in the book of Proverbs, we know we've been constantly dealing with a couple things. We're in Proverbs 22, and that whole chapter, as I mentioned a while back, deals with the rich, the poor, and raising children. And, uh, and what we got to, and, and here we, we have Solomon talking to his son. And right away in verse number 28, the Bible says, Remove not the ancient landmark which thy fathers have set. And see, back in the old days, land was given to people as a gift from God. And land was given to people as, you know, the generations went on. It was given to you by parents and friends, and you worked for things and bought things. And, and there were landmarks that were put out there. It was usually some big stones and things like that. Well, some farmers wanted an advantage to be closer to water or be closer to irrigation or to have better ground, more fertile ground to do something with. Uh, they would move those landmarks. And we see people doing that today and using it as a metaphor for removing the landmarks of what God has put in our lives. And as a nation, getting away from in God we trust and, and things of that nature. But, but the idea in this verse is saying, listen, your fathers have set these things. Your, this land is set, and it's an evil thing to try to get an ed- advantage on that. That's why we as Christians always use surveyors. We always use appraisers. We want to do the right thing, be the right people, say the right things. We, we want to be upright with God. And, and Zach, what do you think of that verse 28? Well, when I first read this, uh, I was thinking back to when living in Connecticut and all of New England, they used to do this. Like their property line would be rock walls. I know. Yeah. Crazy. And, and yeah, and then I was reading, reading this and thinking and, and reading the commentary. It's like, uh, people move, move it. They, they want what the neighbor has. So they'll go out there and sneak and yeah. move the corner a little farther. Like you said, to get the water or yeah. or whatever it might be. And then, yeah, like you said, they're, they're doing it today. Not only, um, like the, the borders, but like think about anything like we have to set up those boundaries in our lives yeah boy of what we're what we're gonna do what we're not gonna do um and we have to make those known to people like once you cross this border or or line we're not gonna we're not gonna stand for it anymore that's right or or we're gonna we're gonna say hey listen getting awful close and, and we got to let other people know that once they cross that border, yeah, they're in the deep water. 
Yeah. And there's, you know, and there's standards and, you know, uh, standards really began in the garden of Eden. God said, you can have everything, but my tree over here. Uh And, uh, but so often people want what they cannot have, what they do not own. And, and, and like Zach saying, when people push a border in any parts of our life, no, we're not living there. We're not going down that road. That's that's good, Zach. That's unacceptable. And uh, let's grab this verse 29. We're going to talk a little bit about what we read today with Zach. And we may even uh, hear something from Stephanie, maybe throw one of her songs on to wrap up with today. We haven't done that in a while. But look what it says in 29, Zach. It says, seest thou a man diligent in his business, he shall stand before kings. He shall not stand before mean men. And I mean, that's, this is pretty straightforward stuff. But uh, I mean, if you excel, if you're diligent, if you put everything into that and you work really hard, well, you're the type of guy that'll stand in front of kings. We remember that mm-hmm. with Joseph and he translated dreams and everywhere he went, he, he ended up being a superstar. He ended up second in charge of Egypt and he was an immigrant. And uh, so we, we know that, that this verse is 100% true, that we have to work hard, that we have to be honest, that we have to do the right thing. And, and, and you know, and then we're not going to be standing in front of ignorant men trying to get by, but, but God may open those doors and we'll stand in front of kings. And here's one great thought. Uh, Zach, we're all going to stand in front of the greatest king of all, except Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior. Right. Yeah. And so, Zach, what are you thinking there about verse number 29? Yeah, the, the diligent man, uh, like you said, we have to be upright, not only in private life, but in our public life. And every interaction we have, really, I remember um, we were stationed in New York, and I found a $20 bill that was in the ATM before I got my money out. Yeah. And I, and I went to the cashier, and I, I said, hey, this was in the ATM. And, of course, everyone in there was like, oh, it's mine. Well, I knew it wasn't mine. Yeah. So, so I, I said, okay, well, they can figure it out or whatever. But, yeah, you're right. We're going to stand in front of a righteous God one day. And we're going to have, have a count of what we did and what we didn't do if we were upright. And I know we fall. We all fall sometimes and, and yeah. try to get try to get away with stuff. But we're not going to get away. God sees everything. Yeah, he private, does. He does. Public, everything. And uh, yeah. it's just one thing we got to think about. Sure. Are we upright? Are we diligent in our work? Or are, are we that person that already we are going to stand before uh, the unknown or obscure person that. Yeah. No, that's good, man. Do you want to stand in front of Kings? Are you happy there uh, with ignorant men? And I got to tell you, not everybody is going to on this earth is going to stand in front of great men, but I mean, you never know you may, and we need to be prepared for that. And so some of that Zach said a few minutes ago is, you know, there's boundaries in life. And I think sometimes Zach, if we're not careful, uh, you know, we let people get away with stuff and, uh, mm-hmm. use Christian as doormats and stuff. And, and, and I just want to say right now, this has been on my heart folks. And, and I just want to say right now, that's unacceptable as a Christian. We need to live by the rules and, and we need to be in a place where people don't hurt us, where we step out and do the right thing. And, and you know what, brother, I don't care what anybody says when we're doing the godly right thing. You know what I'm saying? I'm right there with you. Uh, yeah. I mean, if you if you're standing on the promises and truths of God, then no one can can take that. Or, or I mean, they can say whatever they want, but God God's got our back when we're that's right doing it His way. Yeah, that's right. 
That's right. And so we're going to stand still. You know what we're going to do? We're going to put our, our, our feet right up against the, uh, right up against the line. And, and we're going to, we're going to work hard to make sure ungodliness, you know, is unacceptable and make sure illegal activity is called out. We're just not going to live for that. You know, we, I'm never going to live that way. I never had, and I never will. Right, Zach, you know, and and this is what I've been thinking about this whole time, Zach, as I've been a Christian, since the time I began, you know, became a Christian, I found that there's this group of people within Christianity, and, uh, you know, for some reason, they think they're above the law. Have you ever run across someone like that? Yeah, uh, it's it's hard to be Christian uh, or act in a Christian way when you come across those people because you just want to yell at them and be like, listen, that's not right. Uh, Boy, you got a lot like of said, noise going on where you're at, Zach. Let's uh, let's start again. There's a lot of scraping and stuff. It's hard to explain. We're just having a tough time with this. The devil's yeah, hating yeah. us right now. That is very true. Right, is, are you staying pretty still there? Let me. Come yeah. Up. All right, hang on. We'll try it again. If it doesn't work, you're going to have to go somewhere else. We're okay. All right. Let me, uh, all right. So 23, as we continue on here, uh, 23. So anyway, Zach, you know, in the time that I've been serving God and, and, uh, been a Christian, I've found that there's a small group, almost, I guess, esoteric is the way to say it, esoteric, you know, uh, just this small little group of people who believe, you know, in some kind of weird legal way uh, that Romans 13 really doesn't pertain to them. And and uh, people can do whatever they want illegally. And you just say, hey, you hurt me. You did this to me. You know, you killed my kid, but I forgive you. And uh, I mean, have you ever run across that crowd? Yeah, like the crowd that thinks they're, they're better. Uh-huh. You just want to, you just want to be like, listen, this isn't, this isn't true, or this isn't the way you deal with things. Yeah. Um, and sometimes it's hard to, like, I've come across situations recently that I know we can't lose our salvation, but if you could, I almost did because I just wanted the old army mentality came off where yeah, I wanted man. to yeah. Fly yeah. I've been off there. the handle and just yeah. be like, listen, this, and I had to remember that I serve a serve a righteous God. Yeah. And, and his, his will is going to be done no matter what. And he's got the final say and vengeance is his, it's just, yeah, those people that just drive you nuts and all we can do is pray for them. Yeah. And boy, we really need to pray for that, those people in that type of group. And you know, there's a haughtiness there. There's an arrogance and, mm-hmm. and, uh, I, I got to tell you something, friends in, in God's world, uh, haughtiness and arrogance does not mean a good thing in God's world. Hurry, uh, haughtiness and arrogance is a bad thing in God's world. You know, it's basically, uh, you know, we serve God with humility and, and we don't, we, and we have Romans 13 in the Bible and we want to remind people that maybe you should go read even verse one, let every soul be subject unto higher powers for there is no power, but of God, the powers that are ordained of God. So God has ordained police forces. God has ordained first responders. God has ordained a judicial system. And, and, and folks, we've got a requirement and 
I'll tell you, one of the things that I want to remind people of as, as Christians, if we work with anybody or we talk to anybody or, and they say, Hey, something happened to me, something may happen to me. I've been hurt. I'm going to be hurt. Other people are going to be hurt. They may become hurt. You get where I'm coming from here, folks. Any of those types of things are against the law. And we that work with folks have a responsibility as a mandated reporter, uh, to telling us, telling us we have to follow the rules and, and we need to make sure that person doesn't get hurt or the people they know doesn't get hurt. And we need to make sure the people that got hurt is avenged. So the people who hurt them will never do it again. And I want to tell you, I know where Zach's heart's at with this, but I'm just saying this right up front right now. That's where I will always be. I will always stand with God in Romans 13. I will always do the right thing. I will always turn in the people who break the law. I will always go to the police department and the detectives. I will always do the right thing as long as I serve God until the day God calls me home. And I'm making that promise to all of you right now and telling you, if you're right with God, you'll do the same thing. I mean, what are you thinking, Zach? Yeah, I'm right there with you. And another thing to point out, it doesn't matter when you were hurt. I know you've said this several times on the podcast with Stephanie, even if it was 20 years ago, you still need to make a report you bet. So that way. Yeah. That way, if, if that person has done it before, more people will come out or, right. or, or whatever. And as long as you do your part, it that's, can. That's what you got to worry about. Do your part. Tell right. the world, tell the cops, that's your part. And you know, you're a hero when you do that. Folks, there's a lot of heroes out there listening to me today. And stand up, stand up for yourself, for God wants you to, over in Romans 13. And and uh, uh, stand up for your children, stand up for your family, stand up for the people you work with. And don't remove those landmarks. Don't remove the rules that God has given us. Just don't do it. Hey, we love you folks. It's great to have Zach with us, isn't it? Hey, Zach, will you come back and be with us again? Sure will. All right, folks, we love you. Have a good day. Listen to everything Brother Eric's going to say. And hey, when you go out there today, make sure you're wearing a smile that only God can give you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. It is very important to all of us at Help for Wounded Spirits that you know your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible is very clear with a simple salvation message. You can know today. First, you're a sinner, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, there's a price on sin, for the wages of sin is death. Third, Jesus paid that price for you, but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Lastly, you must speak it with your mouth and believe it with your heart, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made known unto salvation. Simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart, and he will. Please contact us if we can help you in any way. God bless you. Doug and Stephanie, thank you for listening today. We hope this podcast has been a blessing 
in your life. For helpful resources, more information, or to donate to help this vital ministry, visit us at WoundedSpirits.com.